Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. Just a connection podcast network listeners. Welcome back to the most extreme menage a trois violence you'll ever experience here on the extreme through a dance. I'm JT joining me as always are Maddie and Jenny. How are you guys doing? The nurse is in because mm. <laughs> of the stretcher. Yeah. Stretcher. Uh, That's, that, you can't have a stretcher without a nurse. Correct. Or, or, or a doctor. Doctor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's what they say. Well, guess what? It's special event week here on the Extreme Three-Way Dance because we will be dialing into The Doctor Is In 1996. We talked all about the hype on our last episode, the weeks leading up to this. We have a big world title match ahead. We have a dream tag team partner match. We have a uh, tag team title picture of chaos going on. So a lot of big stuff coming in here to uh, a well-hyped weekend here August 3rd at the ECW Arena. You guys excited to dive in? Fucking A. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Sandman's in the ring as usual, revving up the crowd. Raven comes out with his crutches, and Lori. I feel like I feel like every three weeks or so he's on his crutches. <laughs> I love his crutches so much. He's on them. He's not. He's got the boot on. He doesn't. He's got the gout flare up. He doesn't. <laughs> Always got something going on. Uh, Sandman wants to fight right now. Raven throws his crutches down and kisses Tyler, but then backs off. The crowd is begging for it. Sandman wants it too. And Raven shows he's got a full cast on. He climbs in the ring, but Stevie comes in from behind, and Stevie kicks Sandman. Raven then bashes Sandman with a cane in the eye as the flock and JT Smith hop in and pile on. So it looks like maybe still some more mind control from Jim Thorpe, the incident Jim Thorpe <laughs> with the FBI here. If only Raven could mind control his leg not to be broken or whatever. His foot, <laughs> foot not to have broken. gout. It's like a gout. He, he don't got foot cast. control. And all he does is trigger me as a person who spent most of 2021 in a cast or a boot. You're like, like fuck you, Raven. Get off these fucking crutches, buddy. Like it's, <laughs> I don't want to see them anymore. <laughs> At all. Well, this is wild, though. I mean, what a way to open the show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a big start. And it sets up for what will be a wild night between these guys. Okay. Uh, here we go with our opener. It's Mikey Weprap continues to be in no man's land. Just having random matches this week mm. against Dangerous Devin Storm. Uh, Lady Alexandra's with us. She's got quite the Woo! outfit on. Good Lord. Quite the Achi, outfit. Achi. She struts out with her man, Damian Kane, the godfather. And Devin Storm, just a classic grime, rock, grimy, dive bar, biker feel to these fucking 
people. And then Storm, uh, who should really alter his look. He just looks like a nerdy yes. independent guy uh, <laughs> yeah. when he really should be dressed more like them, like and yes. be a little more grimy mm-hmm. and gritty. It'd be a little bit cooler. Uh, Mikey's still lost in the mix. We found out he's the new European junior heavyweight champion. I don't know if that's an ECW title or just like a European title or an indie title. Not sure what that is, but um, that's the belt he has with him. He won it from the dirt bike kid, our old friend. So a lot's going on here. Uh, Mikey's How did also- that motherfucker get a belt? Was my question. <laughs> dirt bike kid, yeah. So this yeah. must be from some random indie somewhere. Yeah, NWA or I something. Would, I would think so. Or either that or it's like one of those fake belts they used to give Mil Mascaras all the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mikey's got new short hair, by the way, as well, Jenny. I don't know how you felt about that. Eh, we'll talk about it. I don't okay. know. Uh, Joey says, everyone's focused on all the cruiserweights from Japan and AAA, but Mikey is the guy who can hang with any of them. Mr. ECW, Tom Mishnick's online convention has resulted in 100 fans flying in from all over tonight, so the crowd is extra juiced. <laughs> Joey's all horny over our Lady Alexandra's see-through bodysuit, and I guess so am I. <laughs> yeah, I was going to Who isn't? Though? Hey. He yeah, speaks for everybody. Yeah, he does. He is uh, definitely looking good. Mm-hmm. Kane's out of his fucking mind, as always, as well. Joey says this is a real Beauty and the Beast situation with these two. <laughs> <laughs> we get a huge pop from Mikey. We ease in with some Damien Jong and then get going with Storm actually controlling for once and outworking Mikey on the mat, even paint brushes him. Mikey heats up, but we get a flurry of trading uh, pin covers. Storm comes at Mikey with knees and punches and boots and a headbutt. Mikey tries to work the arm, but Storm takes over with head scissors. Mikey follows out, hits a springboard cannonball to drive Storm to the railing. Kane tries to get involved, but doesn't do much. And inside, Storm counters a victory roll attempt into an electric chair. Storm gets a nice snap suplex, goes for reverse figure four, and then a leg lace to slow things down. Storm stays on top, cutting off a comeback into a gory special as the crowd chants, Cindy Lauper. Storm's offense is all over the place as he goes to a chin lock and seems lost. He sets up a chair and puts Mikey in the top rope and then drops down and chucks the chair to the floor to spite the fans as Mikey hits a flying clothesline for two. Mikey gets a flurry of near falls, but Storm cuts him off. We get a few more chances that the match sucks. We head outside where Storm hangs Mikey in the guardrail with a front suplex, puts Mikey in a chair, heads inside, and flies into him with a somersault seated sent on. Very stiff bump there. Mm-hmm. Kane lands a few shots on the floor as well. As we go back inside, Kane directs Storm to break Mikey, and he hits a nice top rope moonsault for two. Kane said he doesn't want Mikey to get pinned. He wants him hurt. Mikey counters a suplex and then goes uh, for, gets two, ends up with a Frankie Mikey for two as well. Mikey gets two on a high cross body, and then Kane comes in and hits Storm by accident. Mikey hits him with a missile drop kick and finishes off Storm with a top rope Frankie Mikey to a big pop. I thought this started really sluggishly, uh, but heated up toward the end with some big bumps. The crowd loves Mikey as all, but they were out on most of this match. Storm is a mess on offense, uh, and Kane's stuff was heavy-handed. A fine opener, but Mikey, again, just deserves so much more. Like, we need to see him in some sort of feud with someone that's solid versus just meandering through the card and getting guys that can't fully hang with him at this point. So, uh, two and a half for me, Jenny. This, again, felt limited, and uh, we just, I felt like yeah, maybe Mikey was overdone for a while. I know you'll never say that, but maybe, maybe. But if they're that's why they're dialing back, I'm not sure why. Like, mm. I guess maybe they're seeing like the WCW style that's emerging of put on the hot cruiser to open the show, which is starting to leak in. But I don't know. Like, I just feel like Mikey can be doing more. Uh, so much more. Um, I would not say Storm would be a hot cruiser for any kind of opening match. And <laughs> I mean, Mikey looks so proud. He's got his cute haircut, and crowd loves him as always. He's, he's got his shirt looking good. Like, he looks good, and he's got this bullshit belt. I don't know. I need that story um, a little bit, but 
I was very, very disappointed. And when it started heating up towards the end, I was like, okay, this is better. But very mixed emotions, like, are we finally doing a story for Mikey? And if so, that's good. But, like, I don't want this story for Mikey. And also, where's the good wrestling that Mikey was doing when he didn't have any story? So I feel like I'm having to choose, and I don't like either of these options. Um, I don't want to see this any in any way for Mikey, but I do want to see a story. So maybe we can shift this into something better. Hopefully, I don't know, but I gave it two and a half. I wanted to give it zero, but I couldn't do it. So I just. And so this, this European title match was the European Wrestling Association's European Junior Everway title. They don't have their own page. I don't, I don't know like how prevalent it was, uh, but he won it the night before over Dirt Bike Kid, and he holds it till December. He loses it on a match in London. So I don't know if we see more of that title afterward, but it's something mm-hmm. he has um, for a while anyway. It feels like um, I don't give a fuck, because you're ECW. Like, I mean, why are you fucking around with whatever this is? Like, I don't like it. Like, it feels like he's cheating, and I don't want to do it. Like, just don't do that. Like, yeah, I'm, I think it's just he... You know, ECW, like, guys had were able to still work other stuff. Right, but not Mikey. Well, he's just, you know, he's going to make some scratch on the side, Jenny. Let him him, him earn. He can earn here. No, (laughs) not that much. We we got McDonald's at home, Mikey. Like, (laughs) where are you going? (laughs) Sorry. I'm too emotional. I understand that, Matt. (laughs) Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's it's a weird spot for Mikey. I mean, I I, I get the whole opening match theme uh, thing, but I don't know against Devin Storm, <laughs> like yeah. you know, it, it, I I would buy more into the hot opener thing if he was in there with somebody, really anybody other than <laughs> Devin Storm. Paul Loria, the, the, I mean, the human embodiment of '90s liquid television, like those fucking uh, that fucking attire. My God, it's like Weird Al Yankovic and MTV wrapped in a one. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was fine. It was perfectly solid. Mikey was, uh, you know, good as always. But, uh, you know, he, he did his typical almost killing himself on a dive to the floor, as he usually does. The weirdest spot of this match for me was they go on the outside. And then all of a sudden, Devin Storm slaps on a sleeper hold on a chair. And then, it, <laughs> it, it, like, it's just so, like, what are you doing? I don't know. It's just. Yeah, and then, lost. Yeah, he he got very lost, but uh, it got a lot of time too. It was I want to say it had to have been like ten minutes or so, which is for a Devon Storm match. Like this almost felt like a Devon Storm showcase too, if anything. Which, boy, I don't know how I feel about that given what we've seen out of him so far. But uh, yeah, it was it was perfectly fine for what it was. So I also went two and a half on it. All right, so here's what Cage Match has on this title. Um, All right, European Wrestling Association. Lasted from 95 to 97 in England. And do you want to guess who owned this promotion? Harry Potter. <laughs> no, they uh, get Elton through. John. Elton John. <laughs> they get through. <laughs> Sorry, who is the man who, who is the unlikely first European cha- junior champion that held the belt? Uh, dirt Bike Kit. He also owned the promotion. Apparently, oh, Jesus. So. Okay, uh, here we mm. go. All right, so active from 95 to 97, he was the first champion, held it for 30 days, lost to Mikey 
in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and Mikey holds it for 134 days till December. He loses it to Sabu in London. Uh, Sabu then at some point vacates it in 97. And even though the promotion no longer exists by 97, the title comes back in February 98 with the Dirt Bike Kid winning it again and holding it for 903 days. <laughs> when Sabu wins it again in 2000. Good Lord. And then it's inactive some point in 2000. So there's only been three different champions. Two held it twice. I love that I know this information now. So, oh, there you go. The Dirt Bike Kids European Wrestling Who are you to doubt the Dirt shit. Bike Kid? <laughs> Quite the runner. Also known as the Shark Attack Kid, but not oh. Shark Attack. Oh. Later, later in life, he was known as ATV Man. It's a, <laughs> it a weird gimmick change. Can't wait till that comes to the cock. I'm going to start a new podcast. <laughs> e- EWA? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So listen, we keep mentioning guys that could maybe feud with Mikey, and maybe the guy in this next match could be one. Mm. As Luis Piccoli is back mm. in the house, taking on Johnny Smith, making his ECW debut. Gets a warm welcome. Smith grinds out out of the gate. A uh, quick flurry of mat work, tie-ups, and holes to stalemates. Things spill outside where Louis batters a knee. Hotshot Smith on the railing to sidestep a charge. Louis continues to work over Smith in the ring. Gets two on a knee drop. Smith boxes splash with his knees, lays in some heavy chops, and heads up top to hit a missile drop kick. Johnny gets two in a hard lariat and another near fall in a power slam. Joey puts over Louis' resiliency, and on cue, he ducks a clothesline, gets two on a nice spine buster, gets two on a northern lights into a bridge. The crowd applauds in appreciation. Louis grabs a chair, but Smith cuts him off, takes him, and heads up top for a big elbow. Louis gets a close near fall on the backside. They trade quick strikes and covers. Louis drops his head, and Smith gets a tiger bomb for the win. The crowd chants for both, and we get a handshake to wrap things up. And I thought this is a very fine match. It was worked tight and efficiently, too short to ever rev up. But just fine, given its place in the card and the night ahead that we have lined up. Spicoli continues to look good. He absorbs a lot of offense, picks up some near falls, and some nice crowd reactions for both guys as well. Uh, this was really just rock solid, Matt. Not much more than that. I went two and a half stars. So I am a, a big fan of a lightning fast-paced uh, five-minute sprint type of mm-hmm. matches. And uh, that's what this was to me. Uh, the pace they kept was crazy for this i mean from the fast head scissors to start really all throughout the entire match just a this was a ton of fun just a great great five minute showcase really for both guys they they did a great job uh letting spicoli do his stuff letting smith do his stuff and yeah another really fun match for spicoli here i went three on this jenny i love that you went three on it maddie um i really liked it too and I kept thinking that it looks a little bit like they're trying to go for that uh, Benoit Malenko style um, mm-hmm. that we've not really had in the card very much so far uh, since they left, really um, sort of attempted at that. But mm-hmm. these guys are really suited for this because they're huge and they're quick and um, they're fucking working like and the crowd, I think, was a little bit. Like encouraging for Smith uh, for his first match, and but still a little bit reserved. But I felt like by the end of the little sprint, that they got a lot of respect and that they earned it. Uh, I really liked this match. I thought it was really snappy. The bridges looked really cool. Uh, Scully continues to impress me. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of what he's wearing, um, he could really go 
in the ring. So I enjoyed it a lot, and I gave it two and three quarter stars. Yeah, I mean Smith wrestles a very British based mm-hmm. style, which is a lot of mat mat work and um, a quicker pace and uh, holds and bridges and stuff like that. And he uh, was well, obviously an English wrestler, spent a lot of time in Stampede and Japan as well uh, before this little brief jaunt here in ECW. He'd have a couple random brief stints here in the company. Uh, and the, the impressive thing about Spicoli so far is how varied, like he showed that he's adept mm-hmm. at multiple styles mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he doesn't feel out of place here at all. So for a guy that really spent most of his TV time as a jobber in the WF has really come out strong at the gate and not need a lot of time to ramp up. So I do think a feud with him and Mikey could mm. really do a lot for him. I think it would help yeah. him um, really start to establish himself would give him something meaty to get into. I think him and Mikey would have some fun matches and give Mikey something to do. They feel very similar. So even mm. if it was like a respect feud, mm. uh, you know, as Spicoli trying to prove himself, something like that could be cool. So we'll see if we get there, but I think that could give Mikey something to do of substance to help Louie continue to get established. I agree. He has a very unlikely look though. Um, (laughs) And, but his matches that we've seen have also made me curious what he's like as a promo as well. So if he has any skill there, then I think he's very promising. Yep. Agreed. All right, our next match as we head back to the ring is Axel Rotten taking on Devon Dudley with a lot of potential here to get ugly. Does this one. Uh, Devon's got his chair with him as always. Axel does not seem deterred. The ref wants a chair. The crowd is all over Devon. He won't give up that chair, so they draw until Axel goes and gets one of his own. We get a chair duel until Axel wins and smashes Devon in the head, which the crowd loved. Devon begs off, and it's a big low blow. Grabs a chair and pace Axel with it. Bubba Ray comes in <clears throat> with the other brothers. They stalk behind Devon. Bubba paced him with a nasty chair shot to a pop. Devon recovers and hits Sign Guy and Chubby with chair shots, but Bubba attacks and beats on him. They throw him down until Devon goes low, but Sign Guy and Chubby pull them apart. Bubba grabs a chair and crushes Devon in the back of the head. Devon gets up and hits Sign Guy, Chubby, and Bubba, all with disgusting chair shots to the back of the head. Bubba pops up and slaps Devon, and they brawl again until Devon smashes him with the chair again. Just some really ugly chair shots. Bubba flips off Devon as Big Dick shows up and begs Devon to hit him, and he just cracks Chubby and Sign Guy instead. Dick keeps calling for it, but Devon drops a chair and walks off to booze. Axel tries to talk sense to Devon as they leave, but Bubba hits a wild flying plancha into him, and then Axel helps Devon escape. So not much going on here match-wise. It's really just more Dudley family drama playing out as Bubba finally stands up to Devon. And it seems like we're finally careening toward the blow-off, which will be Bubba versus Devon to defend the family. Uh, the chair stuff to me is gruesome. Like, we just don't need that many ugly chair shots mm-hmm. in this. Like, a couple would, would be fine, which is why I haven't really enjoyed Devon since he's arrived. And I've been a fan of the Dudleys in general. Mm-hmm. But he's been, like, just too much. And I feel like he takes too much liberty with this stuff. Uh, so far, but Bubba is super over. Like, there's no denying that the crowd is really into him. So I went just to half a star, Jenny. It was really more angle than match, and I'm just not super into like the multitude of chair stuff. Always more angle than match in a Dudley's match so mm-hmm. far. Um, look, yeah, I mean, I, we can't undersell the chair shots. Like, they all look very, very <laughs> gross. Um, I, I mean, I don't. I mean. I, Am I allowed to say I like chair shots? I don't know if I can say that because I feel like I don't mind chair shots. It's just more the um, grotesque flurry to the head. Yeah, but (laughs) it just it's all the crowd really wants to see from these guys. Like that's that's all they really want. It's I just feel like as far as like 
uh, expectation and delivery, they 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 do that well. Um, it's just not very much. I, I wanted to see more rotten. I mean, mm. I, I'm an Axel Rotten fan, but I mean, he's you know just pushed aside very easily in this match, and I don't know. I I did half a star as well, but you know it's just for the dents in the chairs map. Yeah, I almost didn't rate it because it really is an angle. I don't, I don't even know if there was an opening bell or a, or a bell in general anywhere in this, but uh, I, I do think it went too long for what it was. And uh, yeah, more more Dudley's uh, stuff. Please, please stop with the chair shots. It's it's becoming. Usually, I'm not one who cares, but it's becoming very upsetting to watch. Mm-hmm. The more and more that they crush uh, Sign Guy Dudley and all these people with fucking chairs, it's like, my God, it's like CT. It's like watching CT happen in real time. For Christ's sake, it's brutal. Well, uh, I... No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. No, but like Bubba Ray like took his fucking brain out. Like <laughs> he went over the railing or went over the ropes into the railing on Devon. Like Devon's head like smashed into it. So it's not all chairs. <laughs> no, it's just that the way they do them are completely unprotected to the face it has. Like it's just yeah, that's the it's thing. just a tough watch knowing what we know now. Like, and I just feel like it's on some level it shows like, and I've always felt this way too. Just like a lack of general talent. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like if that's all you're doing is like unreceded vicious chair shots, it's just like douchey. Like I've just always felt that way. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't know. To me, it's like buying a costume for Halloween instead of making your own. <laughs> it's, oh, a Lord. it's a lazy way. It's a hell of a comp, but I know what you mean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I did end up going uh, half a star on it uh, solely because of the shocking Bubba Ray Dudley dive to the floor. Right? I did not fucking see that coming <laughs> at all. Uh, that's Neither the first thing. I think that might be the first and only time Bubba Ray Dudley has ever done a plancha over the top rope. <laughs> so I had to give it something for that. So half a star. All right. <clears throat> Let us roll on to Raven, Lori, Tyler, Stevie, Meanie, and Nova all coming out. Raven's on those crutches with that leg cast, grabs a <laughs> mic. Raven says, Sandman's in the back cowering in fair. And he's too blind to wrestle. But Sandman never told Tyler about the boy that cried wolf. In October 1994, Sandman pretended he was blind once before. And he was faking it, just like Laurie did in bed all those years as well. (laughs) If Sandman came out, he can't defend his title due to the severe injury. And as champion, he should get to choose when that happens. Todd Gordon comes out with Stevie. uh, And Stevie, who's got the kiss face paint on still, says they have great news. Stevie says that tonight, Raven does not have to defend his title because Stevie will defend it for him. Raven wants none of that, so Raven DDTs him anyway. He <laughs> slugs away. <laughs> Gordon says to stop. He says he promised the world title defense. Stevie has signed the contract, and if Raven isn't man enough to defend, he deserves his consequences. So a little comeuppance maybe for Raven as Gordon gets involved, and it looks like Stevie Richards will now be defending Raven's title against Sandman. What do you guys think of this segment? <laughs> Either of you. <laughs> I was waiting on you, Maddie, but you know, oh, sorry. no, you know, um, you know, those girls that like take on the personality of whatever dude that they're with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peaches is doing that. She even has like her hair, like way over her face. Like, her <laughs> um, and she's brainwashed. Yeah, she is. They're, mm-hmm. they're just, they just stand, uh, emotionless in the ring with like blank faces. It's very, very upsetting and awesome to watch um poor todd gordon 
Um, why does he think he has any say in what Raven does? It's beyond <laughs> me. But, uh, and Stevie defending for the title. Yeah, let's do that. Let's try that. Why is he wearing that face paint, Matt? Uh, look, uh, uh, I, I think uh, Raven would solve the problem if he just brainwashed Todd Go- Todd Gordon. That would solve everything. You would everything. think so. I mean, that just makes perfect sense to Todd me. Todd Gordon's made of too much uh, mental reserve and steel. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's it's right. that metal. It must be that metal plate in his head. <laughs> it prevents all brain waves from penetrating. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if Raven has. Uh, Foot injury number three hundred and forty-eight. Then having <laughs> uh, having Richards defend it for him is a good move. And uh, Jenny, it's funny that you mentioned the kiss face faint because I believe this was when I think ninety summer of ninety-six is when Kiss's reunion tour started with all oh. the original band members. I think it was that summer. So that could be why, because they were all wearing face paint. Uh, Meanie was, Stevie was, and I think Nova was too. So I, th- it's probably tied to that if I had to guess. But because uh, I thought the same thing, why are they wearing kiss face paint? <laughs> but I uh, like seemingly out of nowhere. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I like the segment. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. Ravens, uh, just absolute DDT out of anger was absolutely hilarious yes yes that was fantastic he just grabbed stevie and murdered him <laughs> ddt the face paint right it's off of him. so great no he has to defend the title after eating the ddt so. <laughs> <laughs> made it backfire on that strategy Oops. yeah i've made a All mistake right. well now we get that match here as sandman comes flying in with a cane to challenge stevie richards for raven's title sandman cleans house his eyes all bandaged his dried blood all over him Stevie pops up and super kicks Sandman for two and then batters him with the cane and attacks the eye. Stevie hammers away the eye, claws, and rips off the gauze. Sandman battles, battles his way back in, uses the cane, and gets a close two on a DDT. They end up outside, and Stevie gets draped on the railing with his throat, and Sandman flies into it with a leg drop off the apron, just oh. a real nasty bump. Sandman slings him back in and gets a slingshot senton for two. There's blood now pouring down Sandman's face. He's moving super slow. Stevie goes uh, low, and Meanie comes in and go- loads up a Meanie salt, but Sandman pops up and knocks Stevie down, so Meanie splats on him. Sandman gets the near fall from that. Stevie ducks a clothesline, hits a super kick for two. Meanie's in, but he gets blinded and ends up powerbombing Stevie by accident. But Sandman again only gets a two count. In comes Nova. He hits a top rope leg drop on Stevie by accident. Stevie survives again. Raven is annoyed at ringside as everything is backfiring. Missy Hyatt's out. She's cheering on Sandman. Sandman buries some heavy chops, but the ref gets wiped out during a collision. Raven hobbles in and grabs Sandman, but Missy comes in and grabs him as well. Lori's in and Raven loads up the boot. I'm sorry, with Raven's loaded boot, she nails Missy in the head. Raven loads it again and swings, but Sandman ducks and DDT's the champion. Sandman tells Raven to get up and fight, but he's woozy and falls down and just slaps Stevie on the chest. We get a loud Sandman chant as he grabs the cane, but Tyler protects Raven again. Sandman turns around and hits Stevie hits him with a loaded boot. Stevie covers, but Raven yanks Stevie off, and he covers to pin Sandman for the win. I thought this was quite good. Uh, Stevie really shines when he's outgunned and outmatched, but he has to win for Raven. Like, that's always been some of his best stuff. And he always finds ways to survive and escape these conundrums. Uh, I like the ending, too, with Raven escaping yet again and actually stealing the win. Uh, Sandman having some tough times. The Tyler stuff costs him a win and the belt. And this really is still continuing to get revved up. There's so much meat on the bone here left, Matt. I went three stars. I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah, uh, this was complete and utter madness, and I mean that <laughs> in the best way possible. Just so much fucking happening throughout this entire six, seven minute 
snippet of a match. I don't know what was it, like. It's just there's it, just so much happening. The Sandman's busted open. Uh, Meanie hits a Meanie Salt on Stevie. Uh, Meanie hits an awesome looking Tiger Driver on Stevie Richards. Look, a, a, as a fellow member of the the Society of uh, Fat Guys, I, I, I find Meanie uh, Meanie pulling off these moves very inspiring. <laughs> so. It's uh, it's quite it gives me hope as a fat man. But uh, you need to wear the Daisy Dukes. It's the only way to do it. Yeah, well, that's going on my OnlyFans. You got to pay extra for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Stevie just got the shit kicked out of him too. But he's taking all of it. It's just uh, the ref gets bumped. Uh, Missy Hyatt showed up out of nowhere. I don't know where she came from. She just I don't know. She just like appeared out of thin air. I had no idea she was at ringside until Laurie hit her with the loaded boot. Like, uh, did she just materialize out of dust? How did that happen? But, uh, yeah, just a, a completely overbooked madness. I mean that in the best way possible. I went three and a quarter on this, Jenny. Oh, <laughs> what a gutty performance by Sandman. He was just out on his feet, like, the entire time. <clears throat> it's lucky that the boys kept fucking up <laughs> Stevie because <laughs> because he was just just gutting his way through the match, just bleeding everywhere, um, looking utterly defeated. You know, his son's there. Is it, I mean, how is he supposed to make it through this match with these fucking clowns? Um, and he, he really gets fucked over in this match. But um, I feel like Stevie is just real good in this, though. Um, mm-hmm. Such a weird little spot for for a story that he just feels so perfectly like mm-hmm. it's very it's very odd and he has like really grown on me and has endeared himself to me um by mostly getting his ass kicked by raven and other people so good on him um yes missy flying out of nowhere was great uh, this match has everything like there's a little bit of the cat fight there's some boot action lots of blood um just a spectacle so you know what i went three and a half stars yeah i mean that's <clears throat> that's a lot of it uh, of what stevie's best stuff has been is when he's mm-hmm. just like i said like completely outmatched and he has to keep finding ways to survive and hang in and we saw his match with sabu earlier like mm-hmm. all different big time matches where you think he's just going to get whomped and he just keeps finding ways to uh, hang in and survive and survive and survive and either eke out a win or lose valiantly. So uh, he's definitely been one of the most interesting character growth trends since we've started, like started as a jobber mm-hmm. was kind of this goofball that actually brought Raven in mm-hmm. and has actually worked his way up to being a believable guy that can hang. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's just lack of my wrestling knowledge or like if this is accurate, but I feel like he's a very unique character in wrestling. Like I can't really compare him to anybody that I know of. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Like different. Yeah. Just set up as like a total putz and dunce, but when it comes time, he can stand up. And right. And it has a real charm to it. Like he really just fits in it. Right. Okay. Let's go to our next match, which is a, a big one. Uh, it's kind of the follow up, I guess, to our big four way at Heat Wave. And it's Chris Jericho taking on Two Cold Scorpio. Jericho's out looking focused, trying to get back on track after losing the TV title. 
And this definitely has dandy potential. A Scorpio dances out. We ease in with some trading of holes. The crowd seems pretty split here to get us going. We had a good stalemate, and the crowd is appreciative. Scorpio goes at the knee to take control, hooks a surfboard, and a seated chin lock. Scorpio switches to the arm and the neck, trying to find ways to take apart Jericho. We reset with a test of strength. The Scorpio again takes control through, pasting Jericho with a nice drop kick into an arm drag. We get a loud Bischoff sucks chant. As Joey says, the ECW fans are honest. As Scorpio chops away... Jericho floats out of a tilt-a-whirl, gets a dropkick and a series of arm drags to send Scorpio to regroup. Scorpio comes back with a low blow and a hard clothesline as he's dominated the match. Jericho battles back, gets a delayed vertical, and two on a slingshot body press. Scorpio fights up and kicks Jericho in the nuts again and takes him over the T-bone and gets two on a lazy cover. Scorpio crushes Jericho with a mafia kick to the chest and then another huge one to the face to drive him outside. Scorpio pulls him back in, hits a standing bulldog. Dodges a charge, hits a sidekick, and lunges at Jericho, but Jericho flips him to the apron and tries a springboard dropkick, but Scorpio ducks and he flies to the floor. Jericho gets on the apron, apron, but Scorpio meets him with a handspring buzzsaw kick to knock him back down. Back inside, Scorpio gets a springboard splash for two. Jericho knocks Scorpio outside and meets him with a top rope missile dropkick at a really cool spot. Jericho suplexes Scorpio back in, plants him with a double underhook powerbomb. Scorpio shoots Jericho to the corner. He leaps up, but Scorpio drop kicks him in the back, and Sunset Flip power bombs him down for two. Jericho hits a DDT and follows with a lion salt, but Scorpio dodges it. Jericho gets a hurricanrana for two, and then Scorpio hits a hits a takedown. Scorpio slams Jericho but misses a top rope moonsault. Jericho hits a splash off the middle rope for two. Both men end up on the top rope and battle until Jericho uh, kicks him on the way down. Scorpio suplexes Jericho in and floats over and shoulder blocks Scorpio down. Jericho gets two on a lion salt. Scorpio counters a suplex into a DDT as both guys are really worn down now. Scorpio goes to the top and Jericho cuts him off and climbs and hits a super power slam for two. Jericho then follows a senton bomb and goes up top but misses a plancha. Scorpio hits a tombstone and crushes him with a shooting star press for the win and a really sick finish uh, and a great match. These guys are really so good together. It's a long, hard-fought, brutal beating uh, by both that the crowd respected and loved. A couple sloppy spots late, but it felt more like it was some exhaustion. Mm. A really good thriller, and Scorpio gets a hard-fought win, an ECW ace through and through the last three years. And Jericho's been an all-star since arriving, too. I thought this was a, a really damn good match, Jenny. Went three and three-quarter stars. Same for me, three and three-quarters. Jericho's so fucking good. Like, just naturally, just effortlessly. He bumps around like crazy. I mean, his, his stuff looks sick. Like, but it's it's too cold to match. Like, he owns it for the most part, and he's just he's just real surprising. I never know what I'm gonna get out of a Scorpio match, and because sometimes he's a little bit disappointing. Like he gets gas, like he blows mm. up early, he can't hang. But the pacing in this is really well done for him. Um, and and Jericho, I just think. I think adjusts to him and they had this chemistry. It really, really works for me. Um, it got really good towards the end. Sloppy, like you said, but believably so um, to where it doesn't take away. And then pulling out that fucking shooting star press at the end. I was like, fuck, I didn't even know he had it in him by then. So, <laughs> I mean, I really enjoyed it. Uh, <sighs> Wow, Jericho is is just amazing to me, and Too Cold is nothing but uh, he has nothing but respect for me. He's absolutely amazing in this, Maddie. 
So I'm a little bit less than you guys. I went three and a quarter on it. I still enjoyed the match quite a bit. Uh, I, I think it, and maybe it's, this is just me, but I, I think it started a little bit slower than I would have liked. It was pretty methodical for like the first, I don't know, half or so of it. And I don't know. I feel like it, it, given who was in this match, I was expecting like a pretty fast start. And I mean, mm-hmm. once they got going, they got going and it was great. But I, I think the tentative start is kind of what uh, took me out of it a little bit. Uh, there were you sold out chants directed mm-hmm. towards Jericho at the beginning of this. Is are are we done with Jericho? Is is he gone after this? So yeah, I was about to say this is his last show. Um, Fuck. Because, God, yeah, he, he does. He, he, fucking he, assholes. Forget <laughs> everything I just said. <laughs> well, look, I told you the money's elsewhere. I can't do it. Uh, so Jericho, of course, drew the attention of WCW. It was bound to happen. So he actually debuts there like on August twentieth. So it's not that long ago. <laughs> Just a couple weeks later, he's he's already in WCW, and it was gonna happen. Like Good for him. I told you this, Jenny, at the beginning. Like uh-huh. ECW is not the promotion to get attached to wrestlers because it <laughs> serves very much as a feeder system mm-hmm. um, during the '90s. It's just guys are there either as retreads that get new careers that maybe last a while, like a Raven, um, or you know others, Terry Funk, and then some, you know, use it as a springboard. Or some may use it as a pit stop, like a Steve Austin or Cactus Jack, to get reacclimated and find themselves and go on to bigger success. Like, it's just, there's very few guys that are here beginning to end, um, if at all, really, maybe just one or two. The rest are all going to come and go. It's just the nature of what this promotion was at this time. And when Ted Turner's checkbook comes calling, like, mm. you're Chris Jericho, you're not turning that down. So, right. this is it. But he's had a great run. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I, I think. I don't know. Would you rank him ahead of like Benoit? I mean, yeah. I mean, but Benoit just had more matches to like, yeah, blow off like you know bullshit stuff. But I mean, every Jericho match was with somebody great, and right. they both look great. Yeah, yeah, he's up there. I mean, he's on the list of these elites that have come through and just crushed it. Like he, everything was great. absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, that that makes the the Bischoff sucks chance make more sense. <laughs> it does. Uh, yes. Know that he is in fact gone. Uh, uh, the the kicks to Jericho's uh, chest. You know, I, I, one had to wonder if that's what ended up starting the Jericho bull chest. <laughs> like, I mean, it could have been all downhill from there. <laughs> it could have started against uh, Scorpio. But uh, yeah, I, I did go three and a quarter on it. I did like it, and b- by the end, I was all in on this match and that fucking shooting star press i thought scorpio was going to kill himself yes because it was rather sloppy but i i think had they started a bit faster uh, i would have gone higher but as is i i still enjoyed the match quite a bit so three and a quarter i was scared it was going to be a draw at first (laughs) they were being real slow like that yeah luckily not well and good on jericho to put over scorpio i mean obviously it was known exactly with the you sold out chance and everyone in the ECW has always pretty much done the right thing is putting guys over on their way out. You, so, you know, the other thing I thought too, is by ECW standards, it was mm-hmm. a fairly safe match, especially yes. those first 10 minutes. Right. Like, right. I half wonder now if Jericho did it yep. because he didn't want to get hurt and fuck up yeah. his, his, his shot in WCW. So it all kind of, it kind of makes sense to me now. Well, so. we, it's not the first time we've seen that either. Like even Foley did that. Right. Um, when we saw his last match, remember at least the last one, he kind of went all up. I remember those couple before it, like he really dialed it down. 
Uh, I think these guys, yeah, just know like they got big money deals, so they're not going to risk it right. by killing themselves in this environment. But he still puts on a great match. He right. just did it in a different way. All right, Joey brings out the pit bulls to talk. Pitbull one has this massive heck, uh, as heck, uh, neck halo on, just gigantic. Uh, Joey says Pitbull one has been injured by Shane Douglas. Joey asks Gary about the extent of the injuries. That's Pitbull two. Uh, Pitbull one says, <laughs> I'm sorry, Wait, Pitbull, that is Pitbull one. It's Gary. My bad. Uh, Pitbull one. Gary. Gary. Yes, mm-hmm. Pitbull Gary Wolf. Yep. Oh my God. Okay. Does that, does that change him in your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that was his name, but it's fine. <laughs> Gary. Not Jerry, Gary. Uh, so Pitbull 1 says that as of uh, 5.15 p.m., his doctors have advised him to never wrestle again. He broke his C1 vertebrae, cracked his skull, and lost partial movement in his left arm. All thanks to Shane Douglas and the piece of shit Francine. But he will never give up wrestling, despite what the doctors say. He loves wrestling in front of the best fans in the world. And as long as Pitbull 2 is here, the Pitbull legacy will never die. Douglas and Francine got the last laugh because he can't get them back. He'll now live paralyzed and crippled. And in his heart, he'll always be wrestling. The Pitbulls hug. The crowd chants Gary. And Joey says, tonight, Shane Douglas will defend the TV title against Pitbull 2. Pitbull 1 tells him to kick Shane's ass. And I thought it was really well done, Matt. I thought it was emotional. Um, you know, we, we've been with the Pitbulls for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, Jenny, I've watched Pitbull 1 come a long way from, mm-hmm. you know, biting Jason in the face or whatever the fuck yep. he did uh, way back when when he was frothing at the mouth uh, and giving insane promos where he wouldn't look at the camera to being like one of the most beloved tag guys here and uh, believable to have him be so, um, to get so emotional over this injury that he suffered and seemingly possibly done for good with this giant halo on. And Pitbull 2 taking on the mantle. So I thought this was really well done to set up the next match. Yeah, I agree. Really well done segment. Uh, Very serious for ECW. And I'm glad they kept it serious. Like they didn't have somebody come out and fuck with Pitbull 1 or anything like that. Like there's time for that in the future if you get Mm -hmm. there. But for this spot, it was all about Pitbull 1. And I like that they kept it that way. And uh, look, the TV title match should be a banger. If it's anything like what we've seen out of Pitbull 2, in recent uh, weeks here, uh, this should be quite good. So I'm excited for this match. If you had told me years ago I would be shedding tears over Pitbull One's retirement from wrestling, I will tell you that you're crazy. But I mean, the guy cried in the ring when he was talking, mm-hmm. so it made mm-hmm. me cry, and it was very sad. And he was wearing khakis, and that was very weird. <laughs> um, but and surprising um, to me that. Two is the one that makes it <laughs> through um, unparalyzed um, <laughs> because he's so crazy. But this was very um, beautiful and sad, and I hated to see it. But, um, you know, uh, the fans, I think, were very respectful because they could have shit all over this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they were very good, and I was very proud of them. And we got a bro hug and everything. It was very good. All right, well, that brings us right into our TV title match, which is Pitbull 2 challenging Shane Douglas. Very emotional match in place suddenly. Pitbull 1 wipes the tears away. Out comes Douglas and Francine. Francine's all smiles. Douglas is talking shit about Pitbull's neck. Douglas and Francine take their time. They walk around smugly, canoodling, while Joey rips uh, their actions and the hatred of what he did to Gary just to win a TV title. Pitbull 2 blocks his partner from any potential attacks. Out comes Joel Gertner, who interrupts announcements and insults Bob Ortiz and the gushes over Francine and Douglas. Just a great gimmick we have on display here with Gertner. He says, Francine is the shining beam of sun in the South Philly sewer. The crowd chants slut as Gertner puts over Douglas, really whipping up the heat with a lot of stalling. 
Douglas finally gets in the ring and lands a couple shots, but Pitbull 2 shrugs them off and starts to beat on the champion. Shane goes low, but Pitbull 2 comes back with a brain buster. As Joey says, he's targeting the neck. Pitbull 2, it's a nice snap neck breaker as the crowd chants break his neck. Great atmosphere here for this one. Pitbull 2 mashes Douglas with a pile driver for close two. He stomps away and cranks out a front chancery trying to break his neck. Shane breaks the hold and lands some strikes, but Pitbull 2 comes right back with a DVT, shoots Shane hard to the corner, wrenches the neck right in front of Pitbull 1. They head outside where 2 spikes Shane into the railing and slams a chair over his head. He's just relentless here until Shane's able to crotch him on the railing and hit him with a chair. Shane chokes Pitbull 2 with the chair and drags him back to ringside and peppers away. Shane sets up a table with Pitbull 2 to the railing and then posts and then punches him on the table. Pitbull 2 fights his way off and bashes Shane in the head with a chair. Pitbull keeps hammering away, but Shane smacks him with a crutch in the head a few times. Pitbull 1 looks on stoically as Shane starts to target the neck. Shane is a filthy mess. He's covered in dirt and grime from all over the floor. <laughs> Back inside, Shane comes off the top, but Pitbull 2 catches him and drives him to the corner. Pitbull 2 charges with a spin kick. Shane ducks and flies over the top to the floor and onto the edge of the table. Francine talks some shit. To Pitbull 1, tapping him with a chair to try and provoke him. Shane works over Pitbull 2 in the ring. Joey says he'd like to run over Gertner with his truck as Francine uses him <laughs> as a shield. Shane grabs a chair and heads toward Pitbull 1, but dodges Pitbull 2 coming off the top rope. Shane stalks 1, but backs away and turns back to his challenger. Pitbull 2 is sliced open as Shane pushes him into the post. Back inside, Shane gets a delayed vertical. Both guys are covered in blood and dirt. Shane clubs down Pitbull 2, but only gets one as Pitbull 2 hulks up. Blood pouring down his face. Francine throws Shane a loaded armband, but he only gets two again. Shane nails Pitbull 2 with a chain, but he kicks out again. Shane smashes Pitbull 2 with a running chair, but only gets two. Pitbull 2 is just gushing blood now as the crowd is completely fully invested. Shane pile drives Pitbull 2 on a chair for a near fall. Pitbull 2 is just a monster here. Gets defiant. Gorilla presses Shane down. Nice through him, picking up near falls. Shane comes back punching as Joey thinks Pitbull 2 is starting to succumb to the blood loss as he starts to be a little woozy. Shane claws at the cut, but Pitbull 2 flings him back inside and slugs away. Francine wraps a chain on Shane's hand as Gertner looks on with a smirk. Shane unloads the chain punches to Pitbull 2, puts him on the top rope, and punches some more. Pitbull 2 grabs him for a super bomb, but he's too weak and drops Shane. Shane hits uh, belly to belly, but Pitbull 2 no-sells it and pops up. Shane then has another one, and this time gets the win to retain his title. Gertner stands on top of Pitbull 2 to announce the winner, but Pitbull 2 trips him, and then he super bombs the ref and Gertner for his payback. I thought it was a great battle. It was a war. Pitbull 2 gave it everything he had. Great heat, great story, great atmosphere. Douglas bouncing between arrogance and desperation is well done. You can feel the hate seeping in. Uh, it's built built well. Pitbull 2 is protected in the end because his body just gave out from the blood loss. A true battle that Douglas barely survived, Jenny. Uh, this feud has been great. Douglas, again, we know. We've been talking about it endlessly, just how wonderful <laughs> he's been since returning from the WWF, just on fire. Um, and I thought he really showed out here. Pitbull 2 has uh, really shined since turning into a singles role as well. So I went three and three quarters yet again on this match. I, thought, I liked it just as much as the last one. Uh, just really, really well done. <sighs> fucking hate how much I love Shane now <laughs> fucking hate it I'm I'm going four stars like Shane like took his ass beating like during most of the first half uh of the match to just just brutalizing him and deservedly so but then when Shane comes back he takes no prisoners and he just fucks up to beyond belief the blood was insane um it was fucking great 
I love this match. Um, I love the ending. I I love Joel uh, getting his shit pushed in at the end. I love Joey's reaction to this. Uh, <laughs> just the utter destruction of Gertner was amazing. Um, I, I just it's just very very good and uh shane is a madman he gives zero fucks he's like you said covered in just i don't even know what from Mm, just grime just Mm -hmm. i can't imagine what francine got uh backstage after this (laughs) uh, after this show because i mean it was it was it was real good matt yeah, uh, this was fantastic stuff. I also went four stars on it. Just a, a great match all around. Even down to uh, Shane's entrance was super long just so he could yes. take mm-hmm, all the fucking booze. Like, I thought that was such a great touch. Uh, the touch of Pitbull 2 targeting uh, Shane's head and neck throughout the entire match was great. Uh, what the fuck is on the floor of the ECW arena? Like, Dude, we don't want to know. Motor oil? What the hell was that on his back? It's gross. Yeah, it's... It, it's it's black, whatever it was. <laughs> like, what the fuck is it? What, this is what dirt. It I think it's just like... Be? It's the souls of the people in the arena. Like, motor oil, tobacco, like, spit? What the fuck? He just soaks up the hate, and it just, like, materializes. Oh. That's why. Of course. That, That's that where makes, it gets his power from. That makes perfect it sense. It sweats so fucking much. I think everything it, just, like, just, sticks to yeah. his back. It's so gross. Work. I love it so much. It was much. probably, I mean, I think one thing we're discounting through all this is how hot that building was, probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's August in Philly, so it's probably wicked swampy, and oh, they had yeah. no AC in that little fucking sweat box, so. <laughs> no. Uh, it is definitely. Um, all the smells, y'all. I'm guessing it's like, yeah, just all <laughs> the sweat and all the time. <laughs> but, we gotta uh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Nope. laughs> Uh, it's just so much filth. Stop. <laughs> uh, a pit bull to uh, bleeding Disgusting. out of his fucking mind. It's it's so good. Yeah. And then you good. mix that blood with that grime and that. Of filth. course, yeah. But, uh, and that delayed suplex, it just like drips all over Shane. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then, you know, again, and they've done this with Pitbull too before, but they keep him strong and losing by taking fucking everything that Shane has given him. The brass knuckle shot, Francine, uh, they make Pitbull too look like a fucking badass, and it's his body that gives out on him. It's not because he quit, it's because his body just can't take it anymore and he passes out. Just, yeah, awesome stuff. Four stars for me. So it wasn't actually too hot that day um, in Philly. It was only... (laughs) About 78 peaked. So, and by nighttime, it was in the low 70s. So, that's actually not too bad for August in Philly right well, there. Well, you got all that body heat in that building. Oh, I'm sure it felt like Lights 100 degrees. and yeah. shit. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, and it was um, 90% humidity. So, oh, it was definitely oh, swampy. Oh, my Good God. Lord. It was swampy. No. And so, Jesus yeah. Christ. I need that heat in my garage right now. <laughs> Swampy heats, but Shane Douglas, star TV champion. Were you guys okay with him winning? Like, I, I think yes. I was. Like, yeah. we didn't need Pitbull to win to make the mm-hmm. point of this whole thing. No, nope. Like, we don't need no. to keep potatoing this title around, too. No, mm-hmm. okay. It is time for our dream tag team partner match as Taz and primetime Brian Lee take on Tommy Dreamer. And we'll see. We get our usual great entrance for Team Taz, Lee along for the ride. Great atmosphere. Fonzie gets the mic, talks a bunch of shit. They dare Sabu to come out to be the partner. Out come Tommy Dreamer and Beulah. And behind them 
is the mystery partner, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Hence, what? hence the doctor is in. Oh. Oh, that's shit. God. Mm. Fuck. So Joey sells this as a huge deal. He goes over his background. Uh, of course, the history, Dr. Death and Terry Gordy. Gordy, you know, put Tommy on to Dr. Death. So lots going on here. The crowd is hyped to see him. Really cool mix of guys. Doc is jacked. He's fired up. We start with Tommy and Taz in a fun opening showdown. Tommy tries to go hold for hold. Taz gets an immediate northern lights into a bridge for two. Taz wants Doc and Tommy uh, obliges, but Lee nails Doc from behind. We get a big brawl where Taz ends up with Tommy and never touches Doc. Taz and Tommy brawl to the back of the arena as Doc batters Lee in the ring. Tommy and Taz end up on the back platform where Tommy smashes him with a cookie sheet. Doc throws Lee into the crowd and drags him back over and slugs away. Joey calls back to the Tasmaniac days as Lee and Doc head over to the nest as well. Tommy and Taz scale the balcony. Taz gets thrown through the wall. Lee heads up and Tommy sets up a DDT, but Taz grabs him and T-bones him off the balcony through a table. It's just a wild, fucking crazy spot. Mm. Fonzie and Bueller are looking on in the ring as Fonzie just turns and smashes her with a clothesline. Good Lord. But she no-sells and then kicks him in the balls. <laughs> and they they catfight until Doc breaks him up. And he throws Fonzie into Team Taz. Taz is back in the ring. We finally get a showdown with Doc, starting with some mat work to ease both in. They work through some holes that devolves into punches and chops. Doc blocks a T-bone and mashes Taz with a doctor bomb, but Lee makes a save. Tommy crawls in the ring with a trash can as Doc is handling both guys with some hard power offense. Tommy loads up a DDT, but Lee counters into a choke slam on the trash can and picks up the win. So a fun brawl with a great pace and atmosphere, some big spots. A good job wrecking Tommy to the point where he is gassed at the end. A uh, good showing for Doc. You would think there's some scratch to be made in a singles match with him and Taz. We'll see if they go that route or if this is a one and done for the Doc. Uh, Beulah and Fonzie was fun too, Matt. So I went three and a quarter. Uh, this was a, a, just a fun way to use these guys. And it made sense to me to have Williams come in, given all the Gordy stuff. And we'll see if he sticks around or if it's just a one night thing. Yeah, uh, super fun match. They packed a lot of shit into this mm-hmm. match. This match is like s- seven minutes long, and they just they just didn't fucking stop. Uh, crowd molten hot for the reason why our show is called The Doctor Is In. Dr. Death, Steve mm-hmm. Williams, just molten hot for him. As soon as they realize who it is, the place just fucking explodes. It's one of the best parts about this arena is like the fact – I know it's like, yeah, they don't travel. Maybe they could mix up fans, but it works so well mm-hmm. that – you don't need um, you don't need to worry about being in front of a crowd that's not going to appreciate something like this, right? Like WWE and WCW, whoever else, always has that risk, right? Like they're going to run something in the wrong town that's not going to get over. With ECW, like these fans know their history, they know their wrestling, you know, like they're going to constantly be appreciative and excited for stuff like this. So they know and respect a guy like Doctor Death, and it's going to get his rightful reaction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, just just a great moment with him coming out and seeing everybody in the crowd just lose their mind. It was awesome stuff. Uh, Taz suplexing Dreamer off the stage through a table. That is a pretty iconic moment. Uh, that one gets re- re- replayed a lot, if I remember correctly. Uh, the Fonzie Beulah stuff was Beulah just no selling Fonzie it was fantastic. Uh, yeah, just the t- even Taz and Doctor Death just in the ring trading holds was awesome. That the crowd was losing it for. Uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. Super fun sprint. Uh, a seemingly filler tag match turned into something real fun here. So mm-hmm. I went three and a half on this. Alrighty, I'm at uh, three and one quarter. Uh, I love the crowd reaction to Doctor Death as well. Um, I, I think maybe the only thing I would change on this is maybe make it a little longer. It was a little short. I feel like they could do some more stuff in there. 
um, I don't know. I, it's hard to always kind of tell, like, with us knowing that these guys maybe not show up again. But it felt a little bit like a like a middle match. Like, mm. the, I feel like they left a lot of stuff there. I mean, they they went hard, but mm, I feel like Taz could have went a little bit harder. Um, because they set up three tables like at the bottom of the of the nest there, but they're not on top of each other. They're side by side, and then only one gets broken. So uh, right. they left the two over there. I felt like that was hanging a little bit. Um, maybe they messed up that spot and it was supposed to be all three or something. I don't know. I don't know why they would put the tables like side by side. I don't know. Anyway, I got very distracted by all that. And uh, but I loved when um, a Doctor Death. Uh, picked him up and threw just threw him right into Teen Taz. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, Beulah's nut shot to Fonzie um, was awesome, and that should be a gif. Somebody should make that because she really leaned hard and was <laughs> really kicking the shit out of him. <laughs> I super enjoyed that. Um, yeah, awesome stuff. N- not a disappointment. And a clean finish, you know. Eh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was really good. It'd be interesting, like I said, to see if the doc stays around. But they are really good at knowing how to... I think that's what helps to keep these feuds fresh as well. Like, they know how to do different iterations of things to keep it moving and interesting, but not always having to make everything the main event, right? Like, mm-hmm. this feud doesn't always have to be the main event. Neither does Sam and Raven. And they can take months off and do random stuff like this. So mm-hmm. you keep Tommy and Lee burning and lee gets a win but it's done in a different way to keep it fresh agree mm-hmm. so again really just good structure all right up next is our first ever four-way dance for the ecw tag team titles it's been an insane uh little ride here between the gangsters the eliminators the bruise brothers and the samoan gangsta party and things have been hot and heavy. The eliminators and bruise brothers start off it's all limbs including a huge flying headbutt from saturn across the ring Outcome the gangster party. They are still handcuffed. <laughs> Quite the disadvantage. Uh, the gangsters are all last. They bring a ton of weapons with them. The crowd is rocking. The music is blaring. We just get a violent display of weapon battering and anger from everyone. Some of the gangster party hang in despite being handcuffed. Siren flies out of the ring with a huge cross body. He's in his bag tonight. He's feeling it. Maddie and Jack are left in the ring, and Maddie hammers them with weapons. It's pure chaos. The ring is a mess. Joey says not to settle for ECW light or cheap invitations as this rages on with all eight giving and taking beatings. Maddie takes a nasty fall on his head, but he's still trucking. Jack nails Sammy with a flying chair to the face and the gangster party is eliminated. Tough spot for them, given the handcuffs. Things spill out into the street. They brawl in the middle of a circle of rabid fans. Saturn leaps off cars and sets off alarms. They make it back toward the ring, but uh, just a lot of walk brawling to get there. The Bruise Brothers have fully taken over now, wiping guys out with their big boots and out of nowhere. One of the Harris gets nailed by total elimination and the Bruce brothers are thankfully gone. And we're down to where we should be. The two Kings of the division. The crowd is red hot as they battle. Cronus ends up nailing Saturn as they whiff on total elimination. Mustafa power slams Cronus and Jack flies off the top of the chair and the gangsters win the match to a huge pop. Saturn and Cronus argue after the gangsters end up wiping them out. Joey says the gangsters revenge was taking the titles, not the blood, not the beating, not the violence because the eliminators can recover from any of that. But taking their top spot and their money hurts the most. And this is a pretty fun match. But to me, and we've been over this, a lot of too much walking around and walk brawling. I really don't think we needed the Bruce Brothers against a party here. 
I would have been more entertained if like the gangsters eliminated them one by one in different matches on TV. So one week they'd be the gangster party, one week they'd be the Bruce Brothers, and set this match up here because they just were ancillary, and uh, it could have been a lot hotter and more angry of a match for just the two top teams. Uh, that's the feud we want. But a great moment. The gangsters deserve this moment. Hopefully more to come from these guys. Uh, it didn't go to the classic due to the chaos uh, that kind of filled the arena, made it harder to get invested in. Plus, we've kind of seen something similar right before it, which mm-hmm. is one of the few um, issues I do have right now with ECW card structure is we do get very similar stuff back to back. And that's what happened here. So I went two and three quarters January. I enjoyed it, but I definitely think um, it never crossed that line to me. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the rating, two and three quarters. Uh, always like it when they go outside, so that's always going to mm. elevate it. And, yeah, there's just a lot of people in this match, so <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, I checked out a little bit, and a lot of it is just, like, the spot because we've had a lot of, like, really good matches in a row, and um, this maybe is just the spot for this sort of, like, the walk brawl match, the mm-hmm. – there's not a lot of psychology. You don't have to really like think about it. You can just watch people like fight and bleed. Um, so I like it for that um, because I kind of needed it here. And I like the gangsters finally winning um, yeah. and, and their uh, reaction for that, but they were just totally fucking out of their minds gone by the end of it. So I don't even know that they know that they won. <laughs> because not a lot of celebration it's more just like dazed and stunned mm-hmm. um so you know it, it's good but I, i'm not mad that they didn't drag it out over whatever eight weeks of tv <laughs> matt yeah uh, a little bit lower than you guys i went two and a half on it uh f- fairly standard walking brawl like you guys said uh uh, the Gangsta Party and the Bruce Brothers had no business being in this match. Like, uh, I've been saying it really since I've joined the podcast that I want to see the Gangsters versus the Eliminators, and God damn it, just make it fucking <laughs> For Christ's sake. I mean, we we got it here, but it was two minutes. It was the mm. ultimate yeah, cock for yeah. Christ's sake. Uh, uh, and the other, like, they spent all that time building up the Samoan Gangsta Party, and then they come out in handcuffs and they're eliminated in like four minutes. So. Oh, I don't necessarily know what the point of all that was, but it was fine. And it's, I mean, it's a big moment having the gangsters win the tag title. So it's great for that. But as for the match itself, it's fairly standard walking brawl stuff. So I went two and a half. Well, what yeah. about the limbs at the end? Like, I don't want to see them break up. So I was very triggered by their little scuffle. I think it's like a brotherly thing. I think Saturn's just always angry yeah. and Cronus for being a fuck up. Okay. Well, it better be. <laughs> Saturn's just angry at everything. But yeah, but this has been a tag division issue for a while. Back to the public enemy stuff. Like, we're just this walk brawl style. And the problem is, it's just been done. It's starting to be done better elsewhere on the card. And um, I just want to see the tag division be more than just that. Mm-hmm. Like, the other divisions we see that and other stuff. But like, with the tag, it seems like it's constantly just that. Um, and we know these guys can do more than that. So, Main event time. Here we go. Another installment in this classic feud between Sabu, Rob Van Dam. We have a stretcher match, and the only way to win here is to put your opponent on the stretcher. We get streamers thrown in the ring from the fans to show their appreciation. We get some early feeling out. A lot of weariness that these guys know each other very well by now. Both go at the knees, trying to grab control. 
RVD strikes first with a slam and a springboard leg drop, but Sabu kicks him hard in the face to break it up. They go to the mat and roll through some holds and submissions. RVD fights off some strikes and hits a nasty double underhook driver, still going at the neck. RVD tries to springboard splash, but Sabu pops up and drop kicks him to the floor. Sabu flies into him with a slingshot somersault senton to drive RVD to the railing. And RVD recovers, drapes Sabu across the guardrail, hits a leg drop, but Sabu smashes him with a chair in the face, throws him back to ringside. Sabu hauls a chair in the ring and again just throws it at RVD's head. Sabu puts RVD up top, springs off a chair, but RVD blocks him, crotches him on the top rope, and hits a leaping spin kick to knock Sabu to the floor. Sabu crawls back in, but RVD meets him with a chair and then heads up top and leg drops it across Sabu's face. RVD calls for the stretcher, and damage control is what we're calling this group. Oh, so it over. <laughs> they load Sabu on, but he rolls off and back into the ring. RVD pounces and pours on some more. He heads up top, but Sabu blocks him. However, RVD counters and snaps Sabu across the top rope. The crowd is all in on Sabu here as they chant Pussy Boy RVD, which is kind of <laughs> harsh. <laughs> RVD comes back inside. Sabu blocks a suplex and drops RVD across the top rope, lays on him in the middle rope with an open chair under his head and nails him with a top rope leg drop. RVD nail tries a springboard splash but comes up short. Sabu pounces on him with a leg drop on the chair. As the crowd chants, you fucked up. Sabu goes up top of the chair, tries an Arabian face buster, but misses. Sabu resets to leaping Arabian face buster this time and calls to the stretcher. Sabu, uh, I'm sorry, RVD is pushed down halfway down the aisle, but he gets off and hobbles back to the ring. Sabu meets him with a great triple jump moonsault, hits a leaping clothesline, heads outside where he puts RVD on a stretcher, hits an insane acai moonsault, oh. slam his leg into the railing oh, on the way boy. down. Mm-hmm. Sabu gets loaded on the stretcher, as does RVD. They both get wheeled out together, but they both get up. Sabu scales the guardrail, leg drops RVD on the stretcher in a chaotic spot. Uh, really cool feeling. They head back to ringside, where RVD dodges a chair shot and kicks the chair back into Sabu's face. RVD leaps on the railing, and it's a perfect moonsault press with some great balance. RVD heads up top as Sabu meets him with a head scissors takedown. They end up on the apron, where Sabu hits a leaping fisherman's buster through the table on the floor. Sabu uh, gets off the stretcher and eats a baseball slide from RVD, who shoves Sabu back inside and slams a chair in his face three times with complete disrespect. Both try springboard spin kicks, but RVD lands his a second sooner. Sabu hits a fisherman's buster and sets up a chair. RVD charges hard and hits a spin kick to knock Sabu down over the top and onto the stretcher. The refs stand there clearly waiting for a spot, but Sabu starts to get wheeled out. As RVD goes up top and he tries a somersault senton, Sabu dodges and RVD flops off. Flops off to the floor. You can tell RVD was waiting on him to be moved to a certain spot. It was kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. RVD gets loaded on and pushed off, and Sabu gets the win after the bump. Uh, super hot, as always, but it really felt like they were running out of ideas and trying too hard to top themselves. It led to some misses and some shaky spots. It felt to me like they were feeling the pressure a bit. Uh, it was still really good. It's a star maker feud for RVD, of course, but you could tell they were trying to top that past stuff, and it, to me, it dragged down a little bit as a result. The match really picked up down the stretch where it felt more like a, a fight. It felt like more like instinct instead of forcing things. Um, and that carried into that finish. But uh, I thought Sabu getting the win made sense. RVD's dominated the feud. He was kind of due to get one. So I went three and three quarters, which, you know, again, it had crazy spots and it's a lot of fun. But it just felt like more can you top this? And it felt like they struggled to do that for a while, Matt. So not my favorite of their bunch, but still a fitting piece of the series yeah i'm I'm in a similar boat to you i went three and one quarter on this mm. yes uh, you see uh I, <laughs> I i i still like the match quite a bit but 
for me, I think the stipulation hurt it more than it helped. Like, yeah. it, it very, like, last man standing match type of feel to me, mm-hmm. where we got to call for these guys, and they got to load up the guy on the stretcher, then we got to wait for him to be loaded to the back. Like, I don't know, I think it hurt more, hurt the, uh, the match more than it helped. And it was, I mean, the spots were great in it, but there was no real kind of flow to it either, if that makes sense. Like, I, I don't know. Like, the spots were great but and nasty in many points, but... Mm-hmm. They felt know, contrived just, at the end, too. Like, yeah. some of those stretcher spots where the guys were lining up the stretcher, and it felt like mm-hmm. they were forcing um, to be in certain positions. So, like, I thought that took away down the stretch as well. Right. And... The finish kind of bugged me a little bit, too, to be honest. Like, I, I, I don't mind. Uh, like, I, I didn't like that it was RVD beating himself with a move, you right. know, like instead of Sabu beating him. Like, if RVD had crashed onto the chi- onto the uh, the stretcher and then Sabu hits him with some sort of moonsault thing and that's what mm-hmm. leads to him wheeling out, I probably would have felt better about it. Right. But I don't know. That kind of bugged me a little bit. And, I mean – I, I think RVD should have won this match too, but that's, I, I don't have as big of an issue with that as mm-hmm. uh, the finish itself, but yeah, it was just a flow thing for me and uh, the, the stipulation hurt it. And it's a long match too. It's like 25 minutes, which I, I don't think these guys really needed to go 25 minutes. And I still like the match overall. I went three and a quarter on it, but uh, it, it could have been better. And if you would have told me that I like the match with the broken ring <laughs> the most <laughs> out of the four matches they've had, I would have called you crazy. Because this is the one that a lot of people point to from this stretch in 96 is the right. stretcher match. A lot of people point to this one as being the best. And I, I, I for me, I don't necessarily agree with that. So, Are you but, done with this feud, Matt? Like, are you ready for something else with these guys? Yeah. Yeah, I think four, four matches with, with these guys is, uh, yeah. is quite enough. So, and it it's, it, I mean, it's a good blow off. It's a it's a good spot to end this feud and for everybody to go their separate ways and move on. So three and a quarter from me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it way more, I think, than you guys did. Um, I, I feel like for me, what did it was, okay, number one, Sabu's copper colored pants. I always got to talk about <laughs> Sabu's pants because he has the be- best pants game in the business. Also, I feel like I don't know what Sabu looks like, even though I've been watching him wrestle for many years. <laughs> but I, today I was like trying to think about like what his face looks like. I'm like, he's just always a blur. Like it's just, <laughs> it, it like I can't, and his hair's there. And, and now just, I can't picture his face. To me, it's just pants flying everywhere. In different <laughs> but so, but he's very hesitant in the first part of this match which stuck with me because he has been getting his fucking ass beat by RVD a bunch. So, but, and, and it's just very contradictory to what mm. normally we see in a Sabu match. He just comes flying out and he just balls to the wall the entire match. And in this one, I felt like he had to like stop <laughs> and like be a little bit smarter. And um, like, I felt like he just slowed it down on purpose to make this, the final fucking match to where he doesn't deal with this guy anymore. So for me thinking all of that, and I can see where you guys say some of the stretcher stuff is contrived, but that's just like how it has to be. It's the same thing with tables or Mm. ladders or any other props that you're using. So I'm giving them leeway with that stuff. And also one of the stretchers wasn't extended all the way. It was 
<laughs> see, I give this damage control. They did not do their job correctly because they they did not extend that st that stretcher up to the right height, and I feel like it fucked them up. Like, <laughs> in the in, while they were trying. Anyway, that was just my thought. I don't know why they couldn't fucking fix the stretcher. Is my point. <laughs> And I think it would have looked better if they would have not had it look like it was meant for children. So, um, all the spots were like really sick and, um, it was really hate filled. I felt like, and just RVD has just like a giant chip on the shoulder. Like he is just absolutely like brutal in the whole match. And I think they're really well matched and I really liked the match. So I gave it four stars. Yeah, I mean, I had this as their second best. So my the one I had the highest was Hardcore Heaven, which was I think the third in the series. Yeah, I believe that's the case. Yeah, I think that was yeah. the third. Yeah. Yeah. So I had that as the best. Um, I think I then, have that one as the best too, if I remember correctly. Then this one, and I have the other ones at three and a half. The first two matches, Hostile City Showdown and Matter of Respect. So I mean, it's been a great series, like for me, like all four over a three and a half. So. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, Matt. Like, I think it's time to maybe do something else with these guys. Let's see Van Dam mix it up elsewhere. Let's see Sabu do something different. Like we've we've seen it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, right. They, they've, yep. they've put on great feud, great matches over the summer. RVD. It took him from being a who to a star, right? So. Right. It worked. Are, are we ready for Taz? We're ready uh, Sabu Taz. Sabu Taz. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I think everyone's ready, but I don't think they're ready yet. I think they have they're a certain ready. time frame in mind. For okay. All right. Okay. Let's do our awards. We'll wrap things up. Best match. I had three matches all at the same grade, three and three quarter, uh, but I'm going Shane Douglas and Pitbull 2. Yeah. I mean, I had the main event and Pitbull 2 um, at four, and I'm going to give it to Sabu. Uh, yeah, Shane Pitbull for me. That was four stars for me. Okay, worst match. Uh, I went with Rotten and Dudley, which was yeah. like we talked about. It's kind of a yeah. segment. Yep. Three. All right, I had three best moments. I had uh, the Pitbull one retirement. Mm -hmm. uh, Taz with the T-bone of Tommy off the balcony through the table. Mm -hmm. And then the Gangsters finally winning the tag titles. I had uh, Gangsters winning the tag titles. I had Taz's suplex. And I had to give a nod to Bubba Ray Dudley's plancha over the yeah. top. <laughs> um, I'm going to do the retirement. I'm going to do Beulah um, kicking Fonzie in the nuts. Mm -hmm. And then um, Raven's sick-ass DDT on Stevie out of nowhere. All right, most 90s. I'm with uh, Mr. ECW's online convention. <laughs> Yeah, that that sounds good. Let's go with that. Uh, Devin Storm, just just <laughs> just Devin Storm, just him. All right, stock rising. I had a lot here. I had a uh, Lady Alexandra's outfit, Bubba <laughs> Ray, Stevie Richards, Scorpio, Jericho, and Gertner. Gertner? Oh yeah, I thought he was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed him. He's uh, very good. <laughs> yeah, you had um Spicoli and Smith. No, no, I didn't, yeah, I didn't have them. Spicoli, yeah, both yeah. of them for me. Yeah, yeah you got to have Spicoli. Pitbull, too. Yeah. Uh, gangsters, I think you got to have. Oh, a lot. A real lot. Yeah, Every, everybody except for the Dudleys, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, yeah, for stock falling, I had Kane, Devin Storm, and the uh, Dudley Chair War. Yeah. Which is just kind of getting old. Mm -hmm. Are we going to add um, 
Samoan Gangsta Party to I that? I was just going to say, yeah. gonna, yeah. I think you got Not yet? Yeah. <laughs> They're not yeah. worth it. Uh, <laughs> Probably not worth the conversation. <laughs> if they would have ran over um, old dude's head, maybe. Right. Uh, right. All right, final grade. I, I mean, I thought it was a great show. I really enjoyed it. And especially for a show that didn't have that top-level match, like the highest I went was three and three quarters, but I had three matches at three and three quarters. And I only had one one really kind of down match, which was that Dudley thing. And even that was a segment. Everything else was at least two and a half or above, which is really good for an ECW show, honestly. Uh, everything lived between two and a half and three and three quarters. So that is a tight show. Factor of the Pitbull retirement. Uh, we, that was a really big moment, plus the Sandman Raven stuff. And I went eight out of ten. Dude, I mean... <laughs> I had two four-star matches, a bunch of really good matches, like awesome moments. I I could barely think of anything not to like. Um, I'm fucking doing nine out of ten. Fire, Matt. I will go uh, a skosh lower than JT. I'll go seven and a half. It's still a a great show. Mm-hmm. Definitely seek it out. But uh, because you see, I'm using science because I was lower on some of the <laughs> yes. match grades. I feel I must go lower on my final grade, but still I, a great show. Seven and a half. I just feel like, you know, <laughs> we've heard that 96 ECW is like peak shit. And then so mm-hmm. like we got to be like acknowledging that in some of yeah. these ratings. Yeah. Yeah. I think eight out of ten is pretty peak for a, a random show at the mm-hmm. arena. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we got some big stuff ahead. Uh, in two weeks' time, we'll be uh, tackling three new episodes of TV. And a month from tonight, we'll be talking Natural Born Killers, 1996. So a lot of excitement there. Uh, speaking of science, we have a lot of scientific-based shows on North-South Connection, <laughs> whether it be Dirty War, where we do a scientific plus-minus breakdown of every Dirty pay-per-view season. The year that was, Aaron George completed that series, which is a scientific look at every Dirty pay-per-view year, right up until the best that he just completed. Plus, other shows like TNA Never Dies, the Ruthless Aggressive Podcast, uh, 90210 So. Second Print Comics, No Holds Barred, Squared Circle, The Silver Screen, which is a wrestling movie-based podcast. Uh, now entering the Rumble, looking at everywhere Rumble participant of all time. Uh, Viewer's Choice, covering uh, modern-day pay-per-views, previewing pay-per-views with Brian Gray. All kinds of cool stuff in North-South. Follow us on social media. We have shows dropping almost every day here. Uh, Jenny, what's going on with the Jenny position? Uh, we are the opposite of scientist, scientific base. So we're, we're supernatural and silliness, and that's it. Um, so I have an episode of Freak Out Drive-In right now with uh, my friend Rocco, where we watch Sleepaway Camp. Um, great, great movie. And um, a good watch-along, actually. And then um, you heard about Pluto. Me and my friend Logan Crosland um, watch CSI. So that's a little bit scientific, but of course we mm. took all the actual science out and just absolutely <laughs> made fun of everything. Um, anything I do is linked on Twitter and my Facebook page, and that is at Jenny Position. All right, Matt. You can find me on my show over on the Place to Be Nation pop feed, Piece of the Action. You can go back and check all those out. You can find me on the wrestling feed on YouTube Roulette and on Highway to the Impact Zone. You can check all those out. And you can find me on the Twitter machine at msusan1991. All right. You can find everything here, North South Connection, on our Facebook page or northsouthconnection.podbean.com. Talk to you in two weeks. Everyone stay extreme. Take care. Then you gon' see you'll never find nobody better than in the night. I hear him talk the cold story ever told. Somewhere far along this road, he lost his soul to a woman so hard.
talking, talking, talk. Baby, let's just knock it off. They don't know what we've been through. They don't know about me and you. So I got something 